Feel the Ad Love, a podcast produced by Radio Lounge featuring conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising, voiceover, podcasting incredible. Radio Lounge takes you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising, marketing, voiceover training, and podcast platforms where we explore current trends and topics. Just so you know, Radio Lounge is a destination for audio production services, for broadcast, for film, on-location audio experiences, digital media. We also offer podcast training, podcast production, distribution through our new podcast studios. That's where I'm at. Voice coaching and the production of high-end voice talent demos. Bottom line, every day is a new adventure in sound. Drop by for a virtual visit anytime at RadioLoungeUSA.com. So we came up with this great idea this year. Why don't we help promote an incredible event and an incredible organization coming uh, coming up with the event coming up in December? And and then Rudy and Joan said, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, Can a we good do idea. that? Yeah. I said, absolutely. So <laughs> Bruce and I here at Radio Launch have had the chance to uh, uh, have some great conversations, and, and, and today is going to be uh, no exception. Uh, television, movies, radio, game shows, award ceremonies, this guy gets around, been around. Uh, you know the voice. You get to know Joe. I'm ripping this right off of your your website, Joe. So that's why it sounds so good. You've already paid the several thousand dollars for somebody to write this for you. Whether it's uh, 25 years as the voice of Fox or 20 years with the CBS network, Joe has been the signature voice for some of the biggest networks, brands, and television shows in the world. Isn't this is daily? You get affirmation, man. It's like, yeah, I'm on the right track. I'm I'm doing okay. I'm you, doing you know. okay. He's like, I like to send uh, and, that bio out to everybody so that, that any podcast that we do, if they read that, I just like how it sounds. Well, it's, it's all yeah. right here. No, it's, it's all right here. We have it documented. Also, uh, very soon, uh, you're going to be celebrating a birthday on the 8th of September. So wow. happy birthday. Well, thank you, Ray. That's uh, awesome. Thank you so much. And I am He's officially you, older uh, than you. Yeah. So uh, I think that's pretty cool. But anyway, but Joe Cipriano's, well, we didn't say your name. Joe Cipriano. Amazing. 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 Great. Great to be here in the lounge. Thank you so much. Thank you. Do you feel comfy? So Can I get you water or anything like that? We got that. No, I'm no, good. No, no, yes. I appreciate no. it. The throw pillows are nice. I'm very comfortable. Thank you. Rudy Gaskins is also here today. Rudy is the co-founder and chairman and the CEO of the Society of Voice Arts and Sciences. Sovas is the name, sovas.org, the international nonprofit organization that oversees VoiceOver Career Expo, the Voice Arts Awards, multiple programs providing training, education, academic, financial aid, scholarships, career consulting, and bottom line, support for this industry that can be challenging at times, but this industry that we absolutely love. Rudy, along with Joan, man, you guys are just killing it. You're Thanks, killing man. It. Thanks, Ray. It's it our best. Doing, and as I said, the reason we're doing these, uh, these, uh, these podcasts is to, to promote the event, which is coming up in December, and it will be at the Guggenheim. It'll be a limited attendance event. But it's going to be a lot of fun. So to get all of us together, uh, you know, Bruce and I from Radio Lounge and and you and Joe and Rudy, it's it's really fun to be able to have a chance to get to know you better. Not that we people don't know you already, <laughs> dude. I mean, uh, okay, network voice of Fox since eighty eight. Eighty eight. That's that was a year after voice. they went on the air. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. My God. I know when I got the doing... job, I was told, don't get too excited. 
because uh, this was in August of 88 that I, I was taken on to, to be the a comedy voice of the network. And they said, don't get too excited because by December, this thing will be gone. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> Richard Murdoch, uh, out of his wallet, uh, signed the deal for the NFL. Boom. And then a little show called Married with Children and a show that uh, came off of Tracy Ullman, The Simpsons, hit the network huh? and uh, Sunday nights were huge. And then he had uh, the NFL on Saturday and Sunday. You know. And the rest yeah. is history. Yeah. Oh, we were man. a two-day network. That was it. You know, uh, Joe, you, you've done so many things uh, in the industry. You're also in the broadcast industry. It's funny. Rudy and I were talking about that a little bit uh, prior to that. So, but Bruce... And you and me all come from the same place. And it's I have to tell a really a neat little story because a few years ago, I bought this very Sennheiser 416 off of a Joe Cipriano deal. No, uh, did and, you at BSW? And, and, they, sent me, and yes. they sent me a copy of your book, which I was desperately oh. trying to, to find um, and in all of the, the boxes of books that I have in here. And... and so I was going to say, look under the chair leg. I think you had a chair that was kind of wobbly. <laughs> it was really fun. That it was wobbly really fun table. Yeah. From both radio backgrounds, like like Ray and, and myself. And uh, what I thought was really interesting is, is we actually have a friend and coworker. You guys may have talked about this off mic before I joined on here. Uh -huh. In common in Ed Scarborough. Oh, sure. Uh, yes. Yes. Former boss yes. of Ray's. And and we worked with him a little bit later on uh, when he was down uh -huh. in San Antonio. I remember reading that in the book. And I'm like, there's a picture of Ed. Yes. And in, in, the, in the audio, them, in the audio book, uh, Ed actually portrayed himself uh, in, in the book. And uh, because he I worked with him at WDRC in Hartford, not to get too much into the you know, the whole uh, old radio stories where he was uh, kind of like a, the fill in guy. And I did weekends. And uh, he made the rounds and was uh, very big time PD with CBS radio, uh, got hired to come out to uh, Los Angeles and take the radio station top 40. And he called me. I was on the air at a competing station and he called me yeah. and hired me uh, right there off the air. He says, I'm going to need an air check so I can play it for my bosses. But you're in. You're in. Yeah. That Ed is Ed is an incredible program director. Ed hired me here in Houston for a station called K Light, so yeah. I had a chance to work with Ed. Yeah, it's funny you mention that, Bruce, because uh, Kathy, my, my, Catherine, my wife, saw that. She goes, "Well, he's friends with Ed Scarborough." I go, "Oh, that's right. He <laughs> yeah. worked with Ed Scarborough. I forgot about that." Yeah. So, yeah. you know, isn't this an incredibly convoluted small world? I mean, <laughs> maybe is. we're all related here. I'm somehow. Yeah, it I'm is. Rudy is actually Rudy is actually my second cousin, twice removed. Um, and no, this no, 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 reunion. no. It's a family no. reunion. It's, like, <laughs> it's going to be a great one. You know, okay. As long, right? as long as we're doing trivia up front, so I'm I'm doing my homework on you. Oh and, boy. Uh, actually, well, this, I, this I gets us you. in trouble. This gets us in trouble. No, oh, no, man. no. I'm not calling him Snellgrove. No, it's no, no, no. And you'll you'll get that later if you listen to the Bergen thing. Okay. Uh, so she goes, um, she goes, he said he worked for a um, and you'll love this, Bruce. He said said he worked for some station in Tokyo back in the nineties. The and I'm and I'm going, oh God, it has to be it has to be J Wave. Yes. Was it J Wave? It was J Wave, yes. Oh my god. That and, okay. and you see Ray Carpenter That's over there. Well, yeah. Ray Carpenter worked for J Wave. Did you? <laughs> Well, you know, back then, the uh, Japanese radio market, they were just hungry for American Top 40. Yeah. You know, 
They wanted to hear yeah. it. And uh, and what they did is they learned from all of the American jocks, uh, including mm-hmm. uh, Casey Kasem and things like that. And then yeah. once they learned, they didn't need us anymore. And, and they went and did it themselves. It was an interesting way to build their industry, you know. We said our shows that uh, this is producing them on on, on multi track and sending them on DAT. On DAT, to, yes. To, to the, we used uh, to the. We did as well. I a carrier pigeon. Or, you know, right. carrier pigeon Early on, we okay. sent it on quarter inch uh, pancakes. You know. Oh my. Okay, I'm taking this to a next level now right. because J Wave. I've got to share this. So Bruce and I are in oh, New no. Orleans at an oh, NAB no. convention. Oh no. And I'm thinking, well, I'm some hot kind of a guy here because I'm Ray Carpenter from J Wave. Uh, you know, they've got to know me. Sure. So we talked to these ladies at a restaurant. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have, I, I, I got to back you up just a second. <laughs> okay. So, so we apparently I'm been... lying. No, 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 no. <laughs> So we are sitting in this restaurant and, and, and there's a table of uh, Japanese ladies right next to us. Mm-hmm. And Ray's first question to me, he goes, do you think they listen to J-Wave? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I have no know. idea. So I'll now continue. We had to. But but yeah, go ahead and finish. Go just, ahead, Ray. Well, so anyway, they oh J-Wave, oh, J-Wave. Gone. We just made complete fools out of ourselves <laughs> we need to leave now so okay by I'm the so way glad. I, I just want to say they were so advanced uh i got to go yeah. to j-wave and also fm yokohama the, the, mm. they were staffed to the nines they had two yeah. operators per tape machine two operators Whoa. at the audio board uh they had like eight uh telephone answering people you know for requests it, it was mm-hmm. unbelievable most professional uh, radio station I'd ha- ever seen. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember we, they had a little booklet. I still have the booklet that they printed our pictures and a picture yeah. of the station and the stations and everything. I still have that. But Very again, cool. I say, so Joe, how did you get to find Rudy? <laughs> Rudy, <laughs> wasn't you know what? I, I know can, that. Can I tell you this? I've been in the Rudy and Joan business, uh, <laughs> or more, way more than 20 years. Um, wow. a, a little, quick backstory and it has to do with voiceover uh i had auditioned the uh, food network was looking for a new voice and at the time uh, as was true with a lot of cable networks it was like going to be one voice and you did everything and uh i did the audition i had a call back on it i did that i got the job but i didn't find out until later when i met joan and we were, she was doing her book, Secrets of Voice Over Success, that Don LaFontaine and I wrote chapters for. I didn't find out till later, Rudy is sitting in my living room with Joan. We were, at the Be- we were in Beverly Hills then, Rudy. And it came up yes. that Rudy was the head of creative at Food Network at the time and had been listening to these audition tapes at home. And Joan was listening in. And he wasn't quite sure. Now, Joan tells it, Rudy, that uh-huh. <laughs> you had either selected someone else. Or you said, I don't know. And she said, are you kidding? It's that one right there, that Joe Cipriano. And so I ended right. up getting getting the job. That's first that time part is true. She did say that. But at the same time, when it came down to the final two, you really did stand out. Ah. And Thank it was, you, and it was because there was, a, there was a touch of just very natural humor in what you did that really matched the Food Network brand. And yeah. I thought it was undeniable. So that's what I said to the table wow. in the boardroom. 
this is the guy to go with. And I took the job and then Rudy within, I don't know how long Rudy, you decided to leave. You, you went on to other work. Said, yeah. you know what? I'm just going to leave Joe here <sighs> and uh, you guys take care. That, of that was my, that was my swan song. For yeah. Food I'm moving up and on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, We'll put him in a, we'll keep him fresh in one of those things you put him in and just keep him here <laughs> on yeah. the shelf. But yeah, there. we, we Rudy sure and, and Joan, <laughs> Uh, you know, because of Joan's book, we we did a lot of um, oh gosh, what, what they book were signings. The, the the book signings, but also the uh, career events that we would do. Yes, through um, different organizations, both in L.A. and in New York, and and we had a little crew of people. Don LaFontaine was one of them, and uh, Bill Ratner and uh, uh, Dave uh, Fenoy and a few others. So we, yeah. we became this little traveling group who were going around doing something that nobody was doing. And that was teaching uh, people who were interested in voiceover on what to do, because there wasn't a lot of that information going back 20 years ago. Right. That was out there. And it included talent agents and casting directors. That's true. On occasion. So yeah. people really got the full uh, sense of what it takes. Absolutely. These are two of the greatest people to come together in our industry on behalf of our industry as well, Rudy and Joan. I think they do so many things. The, the Everything that's on that website, all of the events. Hmm. You know, I think voice actors and we all need affirmation. We all need to feel good about what we're doing. And, and every day is not as, as good as it possibly could be some days. And you need other people to talk to and help support you. And that's what the Society of Voice Arts and Sciences is. It really is a, a place where people come together the uh, the event in December at the Guggenheim on the nineteenth, as I said, it's going to be a two hundred audience event, and uh, but it's still going to be incredibly cool, and people are going to come together for that, uh, Rudy, and we're so happy uh, to be able to help you uh, promote that. You know, Joe, um, so many things uh, jump out as as uh, absolutely wonderful that you've done for this industry on behalf of this industry, and to represent our industry as well. Um, in 2010, you were awarded the, the very first Don LaFontaine uh, Legacy Award, which recognizes voice of an impact as determined by specialized industry committee uh, through criteria of character, longevity, talent, professionalism, and a passion for giving back. <laughs> and you have that passion as well, Joe. I know you do. You do so many things out in L.A. for, uh, for so many great organization, organizations. I want to find out, you, you, you've been married quite a long time to mm -hmm. Anne, mm -hmm. and I saw a picture of you, your Facebook picture has an incredibly, wonderfully beautiful family in the pool, it's, <laughs> it's kids and grandkids, and I know you have a dog, he's a black dog, as I recall. Yes, I Sammy dog, although uh, sadly, Sammy left us uh, about a year and a half ago, but he okay. had a great I'm long life and that. was in my studio with me every day, yeah. You've made this journey in broadcasting and voiceover alongside of Anne for a really long, long time, haven't mm -hmm. you, Joe? Talk about that. Well, you know what? And I think part of that success is, well, number one, that Anne is an angel. <laughs> and number okay. two, she's a broadcaster. So she and I met at NBC in Washington, D.C., she uh, was a news writer and producer for the AM radio station. I worked on the FM and we've been simulcasting ever since. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. You know, I've never used that before. So, uh, <laughs> uh, 
But uh, that is such a big part of it because uh, the industry, the broadcast industry, and then segueing right into the voiceover industry it is so unusual to what would you call them uh, to, to normal folks. Um, and thank God, Anne knows broadcasting and she knows what deadlines are. She wrote the news uh, for KABC uh, out in Los Angeles and uh, she wrote the news for WJLA. She was a director for Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. She knows all of this stuff that goes into uh, broadcasting and voiceover. And when we're about to go out to dinner on a Tuesday night and we're just walking out the door and I get a call from my agent that says CBS wants you in 15 minutes, uh, the normal reaction would be, I, I thought we were going out to dinner and, you know, which, and it could, yeah. you know, land into some sort of a disagreement and, Anne knows the business and she just says, Oh, okay. And she sits down and she opens up the book that she's reading or goes about something that she's writing. And I do the session and then we go out to dinner 45 minutes later and wow, I couldn't be better. There is, there is no, uh, no problems, you know, whatsoever. So I'm very lucky that uh, I found Anne uh, and and that we've been on this journey forever. And both of us being broadcast kids, I would be out of work. She would be in work. She would. <laughs> we had our first kid. Uh, she was out of work. I was working. Uh, then you know, a year in, I got fired. She had a job. I took care of the of our daughter. So you know, it was all all of that sort of stuff. You know, it's a great wow. team. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you, you a great team is right. Uh, you uh, one caring for the other when the other one couldn't uh, be up there. Absolutely. You love this business. Did voiceover find you or did you find voiceover out of broadcast? I was in yeah, I was in radio and in, in Washington DC and I started uh booking. And, and you know, I was lucky in that because I was in Washington DC, I was in AFTRA and, and also SAG. So all of my work that would come my way uh, for new voiceover work was union work. And so I established myself in the union way back in the mid-70s. And I just started to do regional type work, car dealerships, you know, department stores, things like that. And at some point in D.C., I, I became aware of the big network voices and those guys, and it was all guys then, that were on ABC, NBC, CBS, and they were telling America what the next great show was uh, coming up on, on the network. And I said, man, I want to I wanna do that. And I had no right to say that because at the time, my voice was up around here and uh, <laughs> everybody was Ernie Anderson, the love boat, you know, and- Goulardi, and, and, yes, Goulardi. That's right, from yeah. Cleveland, right? Um, and- uh, Danny Dark and I mean just all of these these guys with these legendary voices. Um, so, uh, but I, I found out that if I'm going to do this, I have to move to Los Angeles. And I have this rule, and and I tell it to voiceover people as well, especially those coming out of radio: do not move to a new city to pursue voiceover unless you have a day job. So uh, it took me about eight months to get a job offer in L.A. at a radio station. And Ann and I moved and she picked up a job right away at, at Channel 7 as a writer. And um, once I hit the ground there, started looking for agents, 
and things started to happen for me. I think the number one thing is, you know, you're asking if I found it or if voiceover found, found me, it's, you have to be the most persistent person in the room. If it's something that you want, you cannot listen to the naysayers. You can't listen to the people that say, no, you can't do that. Have you heard Ernie Anderson? No, you cannot do that. Uh, you just yeah. have to be persistent. And every day I would work at least an hour towards moving my voiceover career forward while working on the air. And that yeah. one hour did a lot. It really yeah. did. Well, obviously, and the Show rest focus. is. I want to show you. Uh, you, you can see this here on the paper. Uh, it says you. Re uh, here's the question. Legit. You remind me of a 21st century Ernie Anderson. How do you see your place in the voiceover wow. world? Wow. And, and my and and my suggestion would be, well, you are. You really, really, really are. Uh, Ray, I would love so, to bounce off your question to Joe there. When you use the ahead. word persistence, Joe, love what did it. that look like for you? Uh, you know, there were there were a lot of no's, Rudy. So it was just over and over again that um, a lot of auditions that went nowhere and not knowing why, you know, those kind of things and not letting that uh, get you down because it was something that I really, really wanted to do. And, and when you start to have those little breakthroughs, I think one of my first network things was Saturday morning intros for the Bugs Bunny and Tweety show on ABC. And I actually got to sit in Ernie Anderson's chair and talk into Ooh. his whatever it was. It was a 416-ish. I don't know what it was. Yeah, then, yeah. A 415. Who knows, you know? Uh, yeah. And I got to, to do that. And it was those little successes uh, along the way. And then my first big gig was about a year and a half after we got to L.A. And I, I did the movie trailers for Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which happened to be a, oh, wow. turned out to be a huge movie. And it was big for me because then it led to a number of other uh, teen movies that I, I did movie trailers and, and commercials for. Wow. That's, that's so, a great question, so, Rudy. Um, one of the things that's really interesting is, is hearing your background, especially coming out of broadcasting and looking at the the path that you took back in that time frame, And this is a question that I, I'm going to start asking you with Joe, and then I'm going to uh, get Rudy's in, input. You know, the voiceover industry obviously is, is very different now. Mm -hmm. um, and there are so many different areas. What, what do you see when you look at this industry today? And I'll start with you, Joe, and then, and then I want to get Rudy's perspective too. Uh, as far as the changes in, in the industry? Do you think? It, could be, it could be the changes, maybe the difference in how you got into mm -hmm. it and how you thrived in it yeah. versus uh, kind of this modern yeah. uh, modern industry that we see now. Well, it, it, it's true. And, uh, you know, back when when I was getting into it, for example, I, I wanted to do promos. I had to physically move to Los Angeles. Now, mm -hmm. I have coached. Uh, I am friends with a number of extremely uh, successful promo voiceover folks that are nowhere near Los Angeles. They're all over the country and, and some are in Canada and you can be anywhere now and break into the business. And that's why it's so important to have something like Sobas, you know, mm -hmm. where we're putting on the, you know, we're big enough to put on things like the Voice Arts Awards, you know, which is recognized as the Oscars of voiceover, you know, 
and it's certainly by far the most prestigious uh, honor for a voice actor, but also uh, present things like the voiceover, um, uh, that's voiceover, you know, our career expo. Um, and also be small enough, I'd like to say, and nimble enough to jump into action, move quickly. Uh, like, for example, when we set up our VO relief fund, uh, for example, when COVID hit, and there were a lot of voiceover people who were struggling, and Sovis was able to move uh, rapidly and get funds to those in need. But having an organization like Sovas and these opportunities to learn from people who have done it is huge. I didn't have that when I was coming up. So I had to move to where the work was. I had to leave mm -hmm. home where folks today don't have to do that. I didn't have the resources that, for example, a Sovas will, will give to people. So it's changed the industry completely. Finally, online casting. There was no way to get a job unless you were in the town uh, where the jobs were. And now, of course, you can audition for anything, uh, anywhere, all over the world. So that's, it's a big mm -hmm. change. And what are you seeing, Rudy, obviously from your perspective there with Sovas and, and the things that you are um, currently in as far as with Sovas and areas where you're moving toward? Well, one thing that stands out for me is that all of the folks who are breaking into the business and, and who are uh, legitimately doing voiceover work on some with some regularity, they've all become uh, branders. They're not just entrepreneurs, but they're understanding how to brand themselves. And in the same way that the equipment became more portable and, and, uh, and accessible to people, branding and marketing has become more accessible to people. And you got a lot of young folks who know how to use uh, the various softwares to design things and create logos and such. And they're getting it out there in a split second. It's as fast as TikTok. People can get their ideas and their, their brand out in front of people who hire. And that's beginning to become something that's real. Or in the beginning, I thought, you guys need to be talking to people who are professionals, who understand marketing. And very quickly, folks started to understand it well enough to do a lot of it on their own. And uh, so it's very much a do-it-yourself kind of branding scenario that's making a difference. People are being seen and heard and uh, and they're being hired as a result of that i had a, a question for both of you guys uh, uh, joe uh, more specifically the uh, open here but radio has been downsizing for so many years joe but now we have jocks the voice track for multiple markets so many folks are out of business and uh, the broadcast paycheck has gone away as a result we are seeing here at radio lounge in the industry obviously is seeing it as well and so are you uh, with your consulting and training and and and, and such we're seeing a whole bunch of people from radio trying to get into broadcast, trying to get into voiceover. It's like, okay, take a deep breath. Think about this. Think about this. Think about this. Because this is a big step. It's a dangerous place to be if you don't know how to do it. And I would assume that you get that question, Joe, all the time. Mm -hmm. So how to become a, a, a famous and successful voice actor, uh, Joe, Mr. Cipriano? <laughs> and you know what I get a lot, Ray, and, and um, sadly, is that I'll get a call from uh, someone I may not know or a friend who, who is just let go from a radio station. Mm -hmm. And just when they were let go, they say, hey, uh, Joe, now's the time I think I should start that voiceover career. And... <laughs> I always say to people who are already working, if you're interested in voiceover, when you have the gig in radio, you know, I don't want to say to somebody who just got let go that, you know what, you should have started this two years ago. And had you started <laughs> it two years ago, you would have been two years ahead. You know, you just 
you just can't change. Um, it, it's this you're still you're we're, we're all using our mouth and we're all talking, but it's a it's a different industry. And is, just like yeah. you had to learn radio and how to be a, a great on air talent, you have to take the time and go step by step to learn how to be a great voiceover talent. And, and it takes yeah. time and you can't skip steps um, for the most part. And uh, that's the hardest thing for a radio person to understand. And I just got it uh, intuitively knowing that I was not going to move to Los Angeles and be another starving actor, another starving voiceover uh, actor. I was going to have the job, use the job to support me while I learned the skills that I needed. So yes, mm -hmm. you can in radio become a voiceover artist, whatever genre it is that you're interested in narration or, or promos right. or gosh, radio imaging, their commercials, but it, it, you have to take the time to coach and get people to coach you, take workshops and, and move it forward. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe, you also coach people now. You, you consult with folks to help them build careers. And uh, besides the radio folks, do you also find that most everybody who's breaking in has this makes this assumption that it's easy? And what are the what are the top five steps to get me in by next week? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, the reason Rudy is because it's become so easy to set yes. up a professional studio with yeah. uh, you know a. a good uh computer a great microphone we were talking about this sennheiser 416 and the joe cipriano price of 799 dollars you know for a thousand 799 <laughs> what a deal it is a good price yeah. though i bought, I bought two of them i bought two of them on that call deal, now way, oh you did Bruce? Yeah. you know what's funny Bruce, yes. is that when you mentioned that you got the book with the microphone my friend ashton smith who's probably one of the most famous uh trailer voices uh, going for the past 15, 20 years, you know, ever mm -hmm. since Don LaFontaine was doing it. He, uh, he called me once and he said, Hey, uh, I bought your book from BSW for $799 <laughs> and I got this free <laughs> microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so did that come with a shock mount and a pop filter or no, no. <laughs> No, it you didn't. Shock mount for the book, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. That's another seven ninety nine, <laughs> folks. Okay, just so you know. Okay, <laughs> and you know it's funny, Joe. You talk about the studio and the setup and everything. Um, you're one of the very few people who have done it right. Uh, uh, I know that because I, I watched the YouTube video of the design and the background. Oh, the and your wife, uh, your your wife bought you the the, the U87. U87. She says, "Build a studio around this." Yeah. And then what he did, folks, and this is what most people don't do is they'll set the studio up in a closet or in a bedroom right next to the freeway uh, where the ambulances and tree uh, people and uh, lawn people come every day. And uh, all of a sudden, you've got a problem. But what you did, Joe, I, I liked what you said because you created uh, a space that you felt good in. You know, when people come to Radio Lounge, one thing they say about Radio Lounge is feels good here. Mm. It's a nice comfortable place nice. you know it's got to sound good it's got to sound good but it's got to feel good too because we create stuff here absolutely and that's you know bruce you've heard that so many years as well i mean radio lounge is a, is a great space um but what you did in los angeles there or i uh, 
in California mm -hmm. there, you uh, you really built it right. And it, it, it is a nice, it is a nice space. Thank you. Very lucky. And you still got the 87, I'm sure. Oh, correct? yes. The 87 yes, is do. still in, in the L.A. studio and ready to go whenever I need it. When I uh, recorded my uh, audiobook, ver audiobook version of our book that Ann and I wrote, yes. I started on the 416. It was too harsh. I got through about a chapter and a half. And it was being directed by Maurice Tobias, who's this wonderful voiceover. Mm -hmm. coach. Oh, yeah. And uh, yes. um, I said, Maurice, I, I just don't feel right about this. And I, and I hooked up the U87 and it was a much uh, warmer. Um, it just lent itself yeah. to storytelling rather than. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Really, I want to talk to you for just a moment. Let's get back to the awards on the sixth or the nineteenth of December at the Guggenheim. I know. Listen, we've been riding another roller coaster as we've got the the, the Delta variant and all that kind of good stuff. But you are forging full speed ahead. This is going to be an amazing event. Joe has been a part of this event too, as well in the past, and uh, Joe is actually on the board of Society of Voice Arts and Sciences too, as well. What a yes, great board member to have, dude. Oh, uh, but but let's talk about let's talk about the Voice Arts Awards and talk about the associated things that are going on in the month of December. That's why we're doing these podcasts for you. Yeah, so the you're right, the 19th at the Guggenheim Museum in New York City, we will do the Voice Arts Awards as a live stream and a live event. Of course, the live event does depend on what happens in, in the world of COVID. Uh, but currently, the, uh, the lawyers over at the Guggenheim, and they have a lot of them, are saying that we will be able to move forward, full steam ahead, but everyone who comes into that space does have to have proof of vaccination. So it's not like you can say, I got tested and I'm negative two days ago. You have to show up with the card, uh, which I hear they're, they're making that available online. You can, you can uh, log into, uh, you know, one of the health portals and it will show your card uh, or your information, but that's a must. But by December 19th, it's possible that they may limit or create more social distancing than the 200 that they're allowing currently. And it takes quite a staff to put on this show. Right. So uh, that 200 that the audience, uh, that they give us for the audience includes the staff. So that's 50 people. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's 50 oh. people, including the presenters. So uh, it's a get your ticket while it's hot kind of situation because we will have to close off the ticket sales uh, soon enough. But the award show itself is, is wonderful. That theater is amazing. If you don't know that theater, Google the Guggenheim Theater and see just how amazing it is. And uh, we've got a tremendous team of people who will be putting it on. We did this last year uh, for the first time as a live stream. So we learned a lot and we're going to bring all of that to bear this year in 2021. So it should make a huge difference for a really great, fast paced show that gives you a lot of pizzazz. <laughs> and uh, who knows? Joe's on the East Coast now or maybe on the East Coast in uh December, we can get him over to New York to be with us. But uh, we will be bringing live presenters uh, from the different genres of voice acting. And uh, just makes for a great show when you have people who are related to the category uh, doing the presenting and bringing on the folks who uh, who wind up winning. So very excited about all of this. Yeah. You know, I love the fact that we're so upbeat about this because the world right now is so dark and cloudy and gray and rainy uh, with with everything going on. But you know what? That's about that's what our business does. It causes us to forge ahead and move ahead with with a positive motion here to get things done and to make things happen. And that's so that's what's so magical about Sovas. It's just it, 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 it's needed and it's doing and it's active and it's happening. 
and the heck with COVID. You know what I'm saying? Get out of the way. We got a thing to do. You know, Joe, you were a contributor to Joan Baker's book, Secrets of Voiceover Success. And you also have a book uh, you wrote with your wife, Anne, called Living on Air, Adventures in Broadcasting. Now, here's what we have to do. Find a way for BSW or Sweetwater or somebody to sell another something or other product so you can give that book with away. Too. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking. So were there ever any WKRP moments in that book that didn't make it to the actual TV show? Because we all know that WKRP was true and real. You know that. I know yes. that. <laughs> So broadcasting, it sounds like a fun book, Joe. Talk about it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, You know, uh, uh, number one, I wanted to tell the stories. Now, uh, Ray, you know, we were talking earlier. You had a a career that moved you from market to market to market. And I I didn't have that much moving around. I moved from my home state to uh, Washington, D.C. and then to Los Angeles. But a lot of stations around that. And, you know, I just wanted to talk about... All of the fun early days of radio, I hung around at my local radio station when I was 14 years old uh, by the grace of the afternoon guy who I called and got through, took me a couple of days to get through to him on the request line and and said, I want to be a disc jockey someday. And uh, can I just come down and see what it's like? You know, and he was a, a wonderful guy. He was the music director. He let me come down. It was the thrill of my young life, and I was hooked, as I'm sure all of us in radio were hooked when the first time you saw a radio station. And um, so it's all those stories along the way. And there yeah. was there are some that uh, were, were buffed up a little bit, shined up a little bit. Um, we didn't get too raunchy, um, but there are those uh, along the way. And then all of the... <laughs> All of the, the 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 things that happen to you in broadcasting and in voiceover that you can't control, but what you can control is how you react to it. So uh, throughout the entire book, we wanted the book to be an inspiration and for people to understand that there are folks that you can rely on. There are good people out there. You can, um, you know, surround yourself with with good people. And and all of that great energy is what propels you and the rest of your crew along. So it's a lot of that. There are a lot of fun stories and there's uh, crazy stories about radio stations, Kiss AM going off the air and, you know, forever and, and Kiss FM taking over and simulcasting and, and, the, and the whole story of it. But um, it sure was a lot of fun to sit back and, and write. And we were two different writers. I love to sit down and play the music of the era that I was writing about. And Anne loved to sit in her office in the quiet and write. And we would yeah. flip, uh, you know, our uh, episodes, our episodes, our chapters back and forth and then rewrite, send it back, rewrite. And it was a, a great working relationship. I always wanted to do something with Anne that we could work on together. And this was the perfect opportunity yeah. to do it. So I hope it's a fun read. And the audio book has all the people that we talk about in the book are our our broadcasters and voiceover people. And and I use their voices in it as well. And we recreated uh, scenes uh, almost like a little radio play. So it's kind of fun. 
Wow. Sweet. Good for mm-hmm. you. You know, you, you, you absolutely love what you do. It's so evident and, and you're successful. You, 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 the drive at a, as a 14 year old to do that. There was a guy that used to sit with me on the weekends in Akron Canton and uh, he had one of the best basement radio stations in Northeast Ohio. <laughs> and his name is Michael Curie. Michael went on to become Cat Simon all across the country. Sure. And then I, I, I think he's back here in Houston now. I think he works for NASA or something. But that's the thing. That is the difference. And, and you know, Bruce getting into radio as well, you, your experience was no different. I, I think what we have here, everybody who is successful and does something incredible is passionate and in love with what they do. Wow. You hit it, Ray. Okay. One thing about Joe's, Joe's book, which is, and this is for anybody, whatever career you might be in, and that's just the appreciation you have for the small moments, the seemingly insignificant moments that happen as a career is building, as we're making choices to uh, reach out to this person or that person for advice. And you have taken, uh, shined a light on all of those moments throughout your career so that people can see how significant these, these things are and that they don't take them for granted as they're, as they're moving through their careers. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I can't ever take anything for granted, can we, guys? No, no, never, never, (laughs) never, never. And that's why it is so Uh, awesome having an organization like Sovis and having people like you guys, uh, Joe on the board, and of course, Rudy and Joan leading this. And and it gives us in the voiceover community this hope that, man, there's people out there that they've got our back. They understand it. They know they know what this business is like. They know that, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's rejection on a daily basis. And sometimes it's this and it, and it thickens your skin. And, but it's so awesome to know that there are people out there that know it. They still love it. They still have a passion for it and they're out there helping uh, others by giving back. And that's just, I mean, that is just, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to just be, you know, a part of all of that. Uh, So uh, I I just personally say, thank you guys. Oh, yeah. you're welcome. Hey, Bruce, we're working on a moisturizer for that thick skin. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You know, Joe has a voiceover career consulting business that he does uh, Cipriano masterclass, Mm -hmm. fresh demos, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, you know, Joe, uh, you know, Rudy, you don't know Bruce and Ray as well, but we're getting to know you a little bit better. And we're also trying to help, uh, uh Sovas become a little bit more, a uh, part of our culture yeah, as well. Thank you so much for that. Absolutely. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so important. Uh, Joe, you still play tennis, mm. new knees, new hips, or are you still using the factory Excuse original? No, uh, they're, <laughs> they're, they're still the factory original. Uh, my, my oh, best good. friend, uh, John Lloyd, who, uh, has been my best friend for 40 years, former number one in the UK used to be married to, uh, a tennis player by the name of Chris Everett, if you might know him. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All small name yeah. there. Yeah. So John yeah. and I play every week. Of course, he plays down to my level. In fact, we play doubles. <laughs> we just played last week and we we're playing uh, this uh, this week. Uh, so I play with him, uh, which means mm-hmm. I'm the worst on the court, just so you know. That's that's how you get to play with John when you, you are yeah. not at the level of the folks that you're playing against. But John <laughs> has uh, two new knees. And one new hip, so he's working on uh, on the the foreplay. He's going to have to go for that that other hip at some point. But yeah, I've been lucky. He's an athlete. I'm a I'm I'm a schmo. 
<laughs> with a pair with, with with good uh, joints. That's yes, good knees. Yeah. Thank God, good knees. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Rudy, there is a promotion going on uh, right now uh, that Sovas is doing. Uh, is that something that we can talk about on the podcast today, or did I miss that opportunity? Absolutely. Well, one for the Voice Arts Awards, it, it's still open for entries. So, voice yes. actors across all the genres. You know, check it out on uh, sovas.org because there's 110 uh, genres in Spanish, English, Arabic, and Portuguese. Mm -hmm. uh, so whatever your genre, right now, there's an early bird going on. So you can uh, you can save a few dollars on each entry uh, until August 25th. So you got about 48 hours to do that. But the price doesn't go up too much after that. Go. And uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> do it now. Uh, and then it will be open until September 10th uh, before we have to start the judging assignments. We have to build out. It takes two weeks to build out all those assignments according to each judge's expertise and language. Uh, and then the reviewing begins. Uh, Rudy and Joan have brought together quite a group of um, very prominent uh, voiceover artists and also industry leaders um, who are judging. Well, we've got the uh, the Guggenheim coming up again on the 19th. Go to Selvas.org. Go get the newsletter. That's really cool. Become a part of that organization and plug into the folks who really understand this business and really know how to help you feel good about uh, your venture into uh, voiceover. It, it, it's not an easy thing to do. It's always not the most uh, uh, smooth road. But, you know, when you do what you love, it's okay. You got good tires or something. I don't know what that is. But, uh, <laughs> Joe, thanks for taking the time. I know we're running way over here. And, Rudy, the same thing. You know, for, for, for Bruce and I to have the opportunity to chat with you guys today. And we will continue this conversation as we get closer uh, to December. And, Rudy, awesome. uh, please uh, uh, let us know what's cooking here. But, Joe, uh, continued success. Just do what you do, dude. You're not thinking about hanging up the uh, the, the, the lighter and uh, turn off the lighter. Are like you that, kidding? Are you? Oh my I God. I didn't think so. No. I didn't think no, so. I'm, I'm okay. here until they say we don't want you anymore. <laughs> okay, good. Very good. And we never called him Snowgrove. He doesn't understand that. <laughs> That's okay. You have to learn that. Go listen to Bergen. You'll figure okay. it out. It's good. Okay. <laughs> for, for Bruce Abbott, I'm Ryan Ray Shellens. Thanks for listening to Feel the Ad Love. Visit us at radioloungeusa.com. Subscribe to this podcast and your favorite podcast platform. Do that. You'll never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes will always help us grow, and it will make us feel good, too. Don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. Until next time, come to the lounge and feel the ad love. Ray Shillings and Bruce Abbott, copyright 2021. Now, hang that's on. Before we go, though, it would not oh, I, I just be, said that's a wrap. No, okay, no, 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 no. It, it would not be proper if we didn't have an official Joe Cipriano promotion for those people to subscribe to this podcast. Oh, oh. I'm, I thought you were going to ask us to sing happy birthday to him, but that's <laughs> fine. Whatever. Yeah, but I, there a script? I, Bruce, I need, I need a script. I need copy. Uh, just tell them, just go subscribe to the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, go subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you in the lounge. <laughs> I love nice it. Sunday. I love it. I love it. <laughs>